episode 152 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Heck of a way to start a new job. Mayor Brandon Whipple was elected in November, takes over as the economy was hit by the Boeing 737 MAX issues, and now the pandemic and stay-at-home orders. I'll talk to Mayor Whipple about the challenges, what he's learned, and how we can move forward from here. First, the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. If you're like me, you've been working from home for more than a month, and even though there are some conveniences, there are also challenges. Even if you're going into the office, life has changed dramatically, and it can affect your mental health. We offer a complete package on the topic, including tips on things you can do to keep yourself in a positive frame of mind the longer the pandemic goes. Our list, two of them, the area's largest electrical contractors and mechanical contractors, page six. This week, we spent 10 minutes with Mitch Binns. He's the market leader for construction firm McCown Gordon. McCown is based in Kansas City, making some progress in the Wichita market, page 35. More than ever, businesses need information, and we have it. We continue to provide for you business intelligence on new real estate deals, bankruptcies, building permits, also new corporations who owes back taxes, court judgments. This week it begins on page 32. Back to talk with Mayor Brandon Whipple after this. Welcome to Biz Talk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Mayor, thanks again for uh, spending some time with us today. We really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me, Bill. Glad to be here. Describe your working conditions these days. Last time we talked, you were working from home. So, uh, What's the latest? Yeah. So uh, last time we talked, I um, was I, I probably self-quarantined, right? Like, right, right. Everyone said, hey, let's go to Washington, D.C. and go do these great trainings. And then, you know, it's going to come. It's going to be great. It's going to be an excellent experience. And then it turns out, you know, it could have killed me. Uh, so uh, we we got back from that trip, and it really actually was uh, pretty good as far as um, you know learning. Uh, I, I took I think about six or seven different classes uh, that that I thought would help us, uh, particularly through a time like like we're having now. Uh, but when we came back, we found out that out of probably about two thousand people at that meeting, there were about two of them who tested positive for the coronavirus. So. Uh, those of us who attended the classes there uh, and might have been exposed to one of these people, uh, we self-quarantined uh, for 14 days. So, yeah, the very beginning of this, um, I was working from my porch uh, with my laptop and, you know, my cell phone and just uh, trying to get the information out there uh, to people about the best practices. And now I'm, I'm at City Hall. Uh, really, if City Hall is going to be open, and I made this decision a couple weeks ago where, uh, we have, I had a lot of employees reach out and they were concerned that, you know, their, their business was essential, uh, might've been doing non-essential work, but overall they felt they needed to have safety precautions. Uh, and they couldn't talk to their boss because the boss was at home, uh, you know, doing social distancing. Uh, and it made me think that, you know, right now our city manager is at home. His, his uh, wife has underlying health conditions. Obviously we don't want to put her at risk. Uh, but as mayor, even though I'm not the boss of uh, really any employee, uh, I think symbolically I need to be at work in the office uh, if we're going to have anyone else in 
you know, in, in the, uh, this building. Uh, we do have a skeleton crew. Uh, we get our temperatures checked every day when we walk in, we get masks passed out to us. Uh, but yeah, so now I'm back in the office uh, trying to uh, get stuff done. It's a little strange because, you know, as I mentioned, we're, we're at a skeleton crew. I, I think I'm one of the only council people who uh, come every day. Uh, the other ones I can work from home and then, you know, they come in periodically when they, they have to. So, so my conditions are, uh, work conditions are relatively the same, except, uh, less people jump into my office and tell me to do stuff. What services are still available at the city and what's not available right now? So like one of the big things that's not available is our municipal court. Uh, so when we talk about furloughs, uh, the furloughs, although they have a, a budget impact, they were really because we closed down certain services. You know, like our rec center is closed, so of course the person who runs the rec center doesn't have to go to work, so that person is furloughed. Our municipal courts right now are closed uh, to kind of stop that uh, influx of uh, people in the public, you know, coming in and out uh, and possibly spreading uh, the virus. Uh, that's, I think, our biggest chunk of employees that are furloughed. Um, so that, that uh, of course, uh, those cases will be handled later when it's safer. Um, we still have uh, police and fire obviously still going strong. Uh, we have uh, employees who are out there making sure that a lot of the more basic uh, functions that people expect from us are happening. So, you know, if you have a water pipe that breaks, uh, if there's a, you know, situation uh, where the, the city you know needs to respond uh, quick then likely that department uh, is open and staffed um, so you know we are still functioning uh, as a government because people still expect stuff from us uh, and they should uh, but some of the stuff that could wait particularly the social stuff like I, I just feel terrible for uh, park and recreation like their purpose in life is to bring people together and you know, this thing, we can't bring people together for this. It, and it's an interesting uh, situation because usually when we get a crisis, you know, when 9-11, Pearl Harbor, um, Katrina, uh, these type of tornadoes, you know, the stuff that happens, uh, we come together in, as a community and we go to church, we see, sing hymns, we hold hands. Uh, so not only do we have to right now go through somewhat of a crisis, Oh, not someone, definitely a crisis. Uh, we actually um, don't have that same ability to come together as a community uh, and cope uh, about this like we have in the past. So, to, you know, kind of a long way to answer your question. Uh, a, a lot of the services that are real basic, the ones that you really need, like if there's a domestic violence situation, we will a police officer will be there, you know, like we will make sure we help people. Um, but then some of these other uh, services that people expect, but also, you know, not safe to operate at this time, uh, those are put on hold and th those employees right now are furloughed. The governor's order, a stay-at-home order runs through May 3rd. Yep. What is your philosophy as we move toward that date and perhaps starting to reopen some parts of our economy? What's your philosophy on that? So my philosophy is really, um, so first I, I do want to preface where uh, I, I'm somewhat in a room, but I am not, uh, I don't make that decision. That's with the county commission. So uh, they've been very collaborative. Um, Pete, uh, Pete Meissner, who is the chairperson, 
uh, has included me on calls and keeps me in the loop. He's uh, one of the people uh, at the local government level who I think uh, really walks the walk, right? Like doesn't just talk the talk when it comes to uh, working as a team. Uh, so, you know, some of the stuff that w we actually uh, agree on, on policy when it comes to making best decisions where, okay, what is, what do the experts say? And then how does that dry, uh, jive with the culture of which it's uh, you know, with what people expect. Um, so I believe that uh, in, Philosophically, I guess, uh, you know, we need to take uh, a lesson from best practices uh, uh, that are going on around the world. Uh, and, you know, I think maybe on your show, I, I mentioned Singapore was the gold standard as far as keeping people uh, as um, social distancing was concerned, uh, right? Like they didn't get hit with the same type of curve as other big cities because they did really well with social distancing. Well, right after, they just let everything go. Like, you know, just everything's open. It's like a light switch. And they actually had a second, a second wave. Uh, they actually had to flatten a curve again, um, a run on a hospital because people got really sick. Uh, so, uh, they're no longer the, the gold standard. So, you know, taking a, a page out of that lesson, uh, what I think we need to be doing is think about safety, uh, and, you know, uh, practical economic, um, uh, economic movements for the current situation not just you know trying to rely on philosophical ideas uh so what i mean by that is we'll probably have a more tiered approach to opening um but i think that's going to be dynamic i believe that uh you know pete is working to uh with his policy experts to make sure that people are being safe but also uh and small businesses can open um, but also you know what is the safest way to do that going forward and you know your audience is savvy when it comes to economics and when it comes to business. So so they'll get this that what we want you got to have things safe where and also where the trains run on time, right? Like there's a technicality when it comes to uh, economics, uh, but also there's the faith part where um, if we don't do this right and you know let's say we hit a light switch and everything comes back on and then we figure out that you know with increased testing people got sick going to a restaurant. Uh, yeah, or two or three restaurants, you know, two or three people got sick at each one. Um, and now uh, people won't have faith going out to a restaurant, like where people will stay home uh, instead of, you know, starting to get back out to, to some of these establishments. Um, that will have a lingering economic effect. Uh, so we want to avoid that, that unintended consequence where if we go too fast too soon um, and then, you know, we're wrong, someone gets sick or, you know, we get a pocket of this virus spreading, that is going to not only have kind of that dollars and cents technical effect on the organization or the business, but also do, do people have faith that they can go out and do this? Do, are they now worried about, um, you know, uh, uh, utilizing that sector and then what's the consequence for that sector uh so short story long uh, and as you know i am super long-winded um i think that we're gonna have a ratchet up approach uh and it's going it needs to be a dynamic um where you know uh, we don't really know what this thing does at this point we don't really know how strong it's going to be in the summertime um we do know it comes from the same family as like a cold virus and cold to seasonal but we also know it's, it's affecting hot climates so we're not quite sure uh what uh, the next few months when it comes to spread will look like. Uh, so if we make plans today, thinking that it's going to look like this going down in the future, we have to be flexible enough to make those changes in case it looks different. 
for better and for worse, you know, like where uh, we can make changes to, I think, open, open things up more if it's determined those things are safe. Um, so yeah, my, my philosophy moving forward is uh, make sure that you're protecting people, uh, that they are safe, that they have information, and also um, make sure that uh, we can um, uh, start to uh, tear up that, that economic engine uh, yeah, that's Wichita. The governor has the authority to obviously impose that stay-at-home order. The county has a health officer that makes recommendations to the county health board, which is actually the county commissioners. Uh, and so your authority is limited as far as what to do. But no, I get all the complaints. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, my, my job is to, uh, because I'm really accessible on Facebook uh, and on social media, pretty much if you tag me, uh, I look at social media when I first got into office, um, I give everyone my cell number in my district. I, I still do. I, I just got a phone with a man in his seventies um, who wanted to just talk about masks. Uh, so uh, everyone has my cell number and they can contact me on social media. That's kind of been, I, I think uh, one of the things that I'm proud of as someone who is in an office is I'm very, I, I want to be accessible, right? That, that's how you keep government honest. Uh, people reach out to you. Uh, but also one of the, one of the things I've learned during this crisis is people get that the mayor can't change what the governor does. Right. Or, you know, you gotta give some of that education where, um, in this particular situation, unlike the mayor of Kansas city, uh, who's in charge, um, the county commission's in charge. And to be frank, uh, and I don't mean this is an insult. I think there were a lot of people who didn't know we had county commissioners before this, right. Where it's like, well, wait, who's that? And, you know, so uh, this is kind of the breakout party for the county commission, right? Where like, look, these people do stuff. Uh, so, um, so yeah, usually uh, my job is to, in my role, and, and, you know, like I said, I've talked to Pete about this and he's, again, like there's a lot of people who talk the talk when it comes to collaboration and then they really drop the ball. Um, so they're keeping in touch with you on a regular basis. He, he keeps in touch with me. He's one of the yeah. people who actually walks the walk where, you know, he, he will, my job is, and I tell him this, we're like, what's my role? You know, if you go and you lay out these policies, one of the things I do really well, like I just mentioned, is I can communicate stuff and answer questions. So, okay, what's the information? Um, and I'll go out and make a video or I'll communicate it or go live and answer every question that pops up. Uh, and so, and Pete recognizes that where, you know, you do this and I'll do this. And, you know, they're focusing on shutting down small businesses because it's not safe. My job is to reach out to our community partners uh, and develop the website, ictresponse.com, where small businesses can go list themselves uh, there and people can go and buy gift certificates. Um, so that's like, that's my role, right? Or to call United Way to the table and make sure that um, they're equipped and willing to be that link between the public and the nonprofit sector uh, for services. Uh, so yeah, it, it's I'm in I'm in the passenger seat. I think is my role as as mayor, um, and utilizing my strengths, which I think is outreach. Uh, it is uh, communication to communicate and help eliminate any type of confusion uh, that's coming down from the county orders at this point. And then in the background, our managers are working together, um, staffs working together. Like in the background, uh, you know, one of the, I had a meeting with Chief Snow yesterday. She's amazing, our fire chief, and I had to just tell her that, you know, what I'm hearing um, is that she is the first car in every morning and she is the last car out, you know, and there are a lot of people, I think, who, um, you know, 
walk around and look for recognition. You know, like they're the ones that they want the attention of getting stuff done. And then there's the people who actually get stuff done. You know, you got a workhorse and you got you got show horses, right? Um, well, our, our, uh, our chief, uh, uh, she gets stuff done and, you know, and I know she's in constant con communication with the county. So there's a lot of collaboration going on, um, but publicly I think that uh, uh, the county commission and uh, you know, my, myself as, as mayor, we have uh, different skill sets we bring to the table. Uh, and so far, I, I think that the success that we've seen as far as not being hit as hard as other areas have been uh, is because of that collaborative, um, you know, that collaborative nature that, that we, we've been trying to utilize. It hasn't been super smooth. Like, don't get me <laughs> wrong. Like, you know, it's not, I'm new to this position. I've never worked with Pete before. Um, you know, and so it hasn't been it's definitely not textbook, uh, but you know, nothing really is in government, right? Like it's right. It isn't schoolhouse rock. So there's usually a lot of other stuff in the background. You guys have had a lot of decisions that were on your plate before the pandemic happened. We talked a little bit about this in another meeting that we had, uh, but uh, you know, things like the East bank uh, yeah. century Two, the convention center, big decisions for this community that had to be made now we have this pandemic. What's your thought on moving forward with some of those things? You know, can we actually decide those things? Yeah. Year? And I read this, uh, this story, I think I read the story that, that came out from that, uh, from the business journal. So the timeline was we were supposed to start this conversation um, a couple weeks ago. So I, I believe they were going to come present it uh, to a, a inbox meeting because uh, some reason we use French words around here. Uh, but, you know, it's a joint meeting of the city and the council, and they're going to present the, um, the, the proposal for, uh, uh, you know, for the Riverfront a legacy plan, and it was to be received and filed. So it's pretty much officially, like, this is our, our thoughts on it. And moving forward, I, if we're talking about the current frame or, or time frame that we have now, uh, things have shifted. So I don't think that this time next month, we're going to get right back into those conversations. Uh, I just believe that we are going to have other conversations about the economic impact that this has had. You know, I, from the feedback I get, our small business community um, is suffering. Uh, we have, you know, a lot of people who have been impacted by this uh, economically. Uh, and so I think we've got to evaluate, you know, the meeting, meetings coming forward because about future investments of our city are going to likely, um, you know, be, be a, a layered approach where, okay, what's our immediate problems now? Like what, like what food trucks are still going to open up and do they need, um, you know, fee waivers? Is there something we could do to keep some of these you know, businesses that got hit really hard, you know, lost a big chunk of their season or might lose a big chunk of their season or even moving forward, less people might be coming out, you know, how do we, we kind of plug the hole in a bucket and make sure that uh, we do what we can to, to uh, keep these small businesses up and running in Wichita. I think that is going to be on our plate that might have not been as prevalent because you know, we always want to help our small business community, uh, but less prevalent before this crisis. I think that any of the problems that were happening over there probably grew during this crisis. So moving forward, um, you know, I, we still have to have these talks. But I, I don't think that we're going to put it on a back burner for long. It's just you want to get that first layer taken care of before you go to the second layer and then the third layer, right? I mean, we still got to have diversification in our economy. We got to have a serious uh, uh, you know, discussion about our skill sets. 
uh, what we offer and what the next, um, you know, the, the next uh, uh, sector that we're going to get into. It's probably going to be technology. Uh, what are we going to be known for? Uh, and those conversations have to keep moving forward. Um, but like I said on your video uh, uh, yesterday, is things are different now than they were two months ago um, economically. And we haven't really evaluated that yet. You know, it, hopefully not much has changed or much has moved. I think though that some, it probably has because I've been getting a lot of feedback from people in the business community. So let's do an assessment. Let's do an economic assessment and see what the immediate needs are um, because those needs might have changed since we, we you know, made the calendar last. You talked about diversification and technology. Do you think, we talked also about, boy, we've had some downturns before. We've always talked about diversifying the economy. Here's another downturn. Do you think we'll really try to diversify the economy at this point? You know, that's something I, I really want to do. Um, really, uh, and it takes the teamwork. You know, the mayor can't actually wave a wand and get anything done. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's important. I think that, and like I told you uh, on the last uh, video, um, there's a study that shows that we are twice as invested in the um, aviation sector today as as uh, Detroit was in um, automotive uh, back in the 80s, right? Which means that when we had had these downturns, uh, we got back up and running again, but we just didn't do the diversification piece like we could have. Uh, so, you know, with that, that's going to take a, uh, a, a, a stakeholder approach, right? Like bring people to the table, what do we offer? Uh, and then what can we do to grow on, on, you know, the stuff we're really good at. Now, I'll just, I, I just, we've had this discussion before. Uh, so I'll just repeat that innovation isn't becoming the next Silicon Valley or becoming the next Austin, Texas. Uh, innovation is actually figuring out like, what are you really good at? What's your core? And then building on top of that. Right. So uh, right now we know we are very good at manufacturing. Uh, so, okay, if we can manufacture this product, can we also manufacture that product? So we'd be less vulnerable if one airplane gets decertified, then we can kind of crank up, uh, you know, th this other product uh, when it comes to um, manufacturing. Uh, also, we're really good at technology. Um, Wichita State, I think, has done a lot with, uh, you know, the innovation campus with uh, trying to, um, you know, make, make technology uh, is going to be the growing sector uh, of the future. So what is, what is the city's role in helping promote um, the technology sector uh, and the growth of it? Uh, if we are delivering products to the cloud and they're being downloaded throughout the world, um, they will be in multiple economies and, you know, we'll be pulling in money uh, and uploading products, pulling down money. Um, and, you know, I think that that's going to be a big part of moving forward. Uh, and again, some of the stuff we've got, we're really good at technology. We have in science, you know, you can get PhD level uh, credentials at Wichita State University in the sciences and biology and computer science and engineering um, and chemistry. Uh, and then kind of go to the other side of higher education, you can get, you know, just certificate level all the way up to bachelor degrees from WSU Tech and, you know, the partnership with Wichita State uh, that, you know, on the manufacturing side. Uh, so, and then, so we have the pieces and then really those, what I think is kind of uh, what holds us together is the entrepreneurial spirit of Wichita is our culture, 
right? Like we have some started some incredible worldwide companies uh, here in Wichita. And that culture is you can go run with an idea. We will support you. And if you fail, like get up, try again, you know, and, and that's so valuable. That is a vehicle. Uh, entrepreneurship is the vehicle for us to take the pieces and drive it to that next level uh, where other communities um, might be less supportive of entrepreneurship. So we have the pieces in place. Uh, we just, I think, need that direction. And then my job as mayor is to figure out, okay, so where does the city fit in this? You know, like what, what do we need to do uh, to help create that environment um, with innovation and where, uh, you know, uh, bring us to the next economy um, where, where we can make that actually happen. Entrepreneurial spirit has helped us out in the past and, uh, I'm sure it'll help us out in the future. It may look a little different, but I'm sure it'll, it'll help us in the future as well. Mayor Brandon Whipple, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Good luck. And Thanks, we'll talk sir. to you soon. We'll, uh, we'll keep up to date on, on what's going on at City Hall and, and what's going on with you. Thanks. Excellent. Thanks a lot for having me. And uh, thank you to your viewers for staying informed. We'll be back in a moment. At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are a favorite of ours. So we created our own little series called Napkin Stories. Visit equitybank.com to see how some great businesses got their start. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 152. We wish you all the best again as you try to make it through these difficult times. If there's any story we can do to help, or if you have any leader you want to hear from, please let me know. Email me at broy at bizjournals.com. Check out all our episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.